April 11, 2017, it's the Watt Pedro Show.
Live from Pedro's show. Uh, in Pedro, but I'm in my pad. Uh, Brother Matt is indisposed, so I'm not at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point, but not too far from there. However, I'm not alone due to the magic of those software engineers in Estonia who gave the world Skype. I got Ev. You're in Brooklyn, right? In Brooklyn, New York, Watt. Yep. Yeah, so through the magic of Skype, we can make a Pedro Brooklyn Connect. Yeah. And we started yeah. off the show with uh, John Coltrane doing Up Against the Wall. That's something live in 63. Uh, part of it got missing. And I don't know what happened. You could hear a little, little cutout. But people clapped when it came back. So some, maybe somebody, I don't know, fell down or something. And then we heard Cinema Cinema with Run Until You're Out. Now, Cinema, Cinema is the band, Evan and his cousin, uh, well, that, yeah, it's a duet. It's made up of it. But I want to go yeah. back further. We'll get to Cinema Cinema. I want to go, Ev, what's your earliest musical memory? Oh, wow. That's a dream question. Holy crap. Um, this is pretty cool. Um, first of all, it's a pleasure to be with you, Watt. Um, this magical uh, Estonian Skype invention connection. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to make the most of it, and, and we're going to dive deep. So I'm really thrilled to be on. Thanks for having me. Um, earliest musical memory. Uh, I'm going to say I'm so young that I can't even really tell that what's coming out of the boombox in front of me is music. I don't really I don't know if I'm verbal yet. I must be about maybe two or three. Um, my father, who would go on to teach me how to play guitar when I was 13 or 14. Um, my father seemed to think it would be a good idea to turn me on to Frank Zappa. Um, uh, I guess the uh, the rolling and rollicking and um, interesting sound choices that Zappa makes um, are, are nothing if not uh, entertaining uh, to um, to an entirely virgin ear. And, and so, where was um, this boombox? Was it in your pad? This this is uh, this is. Um, I'm I'm a little kid. I'm a baby. This is in the house that I grew up in. What this town? Is in my grand my grandparents' house is in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Uh, where I'm where I'm currently speaking to you from. This I grew up in a little tiny uh, suburb of Brooklyn uh, called Bergen Beach, and uh, it's it's real Brooklyn because now that Brooklyn has become um, a, a bit more uh, of a go-to kind of place in, in the world's view, it's become very Hollywood-like here. Uh, the Brooklyn that I grew up in. Maybe a kinder in, word is cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan, that's, yeah, that sounds, <laughs> that, that's kind of a... No, but Brooklyn's always been a mix of stuff, though, hasn't it been? Maybe not so much out-of-towners, but different kinds of folks have always lived together, right? Oh, yeah, oh, without a doubt. And one of the, one of the I think, one of the greatest places in the world to live and, and a melting pot from the word go from when I was a, a small, young lad. I mean, all different types. Everything is here. All the art you can possibly... So you said out. your pop uh, taught you guitar. So your your pop was a guitar player. Yeah, my my my, my pop's an artist. Okay, um, so there is there's, there's art inside the house then, and there's music inside the house, not just exactly. being played, but being made. Exactly. Ah, exactly. Great. As as odd as it is, my pop, who taught me how to play guitar, his first band was with my uncle. Now my uncle 
is my cousin Paul, who plays drums with me. That's his dad. So okay. my dad and my cousin Paul's dad had a band together back in the 70s before myself or Paul um, were even thoughts. So um, there is a, a musical kind of legacy. There's a musical thing that's there. And there is music and art in the house. I'm about three years old and my father's playing Frank Zappa's apostrophe slash overnight sensation um, like the, they kind of coupled both of those records together as I believe they came out in the same year. They might have done a, a cassette package that had uh, one on side A and one on side B. Um, I was tripping out to St. Alfonso's Pancake Breakfast where I stole the margarine. It was blowing my mind. I was immediately, I was kept on pointing at the boombox saying, play again, play it again. Because again, I was really young, but I knew I was excited. And there was a, a language that Zappa was speaking that was, uh, it was shouting right into my soul. It was saying, like, he, there's a freedom here. Um, come, come and find it. Do so, you remember the first record you bought yourself? Ooh, what? You're really selling me out, man. Yeah, I do. I do. And this might not be the ferocious um crazy, insane, cred-building record um, that, I, you know, I would hope when you get asked, uh, you know, like the big question, oh, yeah, it was uh, Sex Pistol. It wasn't that. Um, I was nine years old, uh, eight years old, nine years old, and I had just seen a movie called Good Morning Vietnam with Robin Williams, and that's uh, a film about a, um, a crackpot radio DJ named Adrian Cronauer who... Uh, went against the army regulations and played a lot of soul, doo-wop, and rock back over the airwaves in, in Vietnam, allegedly. Um, so that film had a lot of really great stuff uh, musically in it, including, including Martha and the Vandellas, Nowhere to Run, um, which is a, a really important song for me. Um, so I, I knew when I left that movie theater that I wanted to possess the uh, the music that was in that film. I think there might have been Hendrix all along the Watchtower. There was a Doors song in it. It was just like a really good... It's a soundtrack. Kind of, uh, it was a soundtrack to a movie. And then since the Vietnam War was a lot of it in the 60s, it was a lot of 60s stuff. Exactly. Okay. The first thing I bought with my own money now, was did you do, uh, did you do music in school? You know, I... Um, in in junior high, in junior high school, a uh, band was uh, was an elective class that we uh, we all had to take. Um, well, I, elective means you get to choose. Oh well, yeah, I, I, it, it, it was, we all had to. You had to choose an elective. Wow, look at yeah, look, yeah. look at Doctor Watt. Excuse no, because me. I was in the same situation. I took music as an elective in seventh grade. In fact, yeah. it's the only it's the only schooling I ever got because Mr. Luna, after ten weeks, told me I tried hard, but I got to give it up. <laughs> I never well, saw Mr. Luna again, but yeah. well, I, I think you, about him a lot, you know. It, it, was an there was, it was an elective, and I, I chose to take it. It was one of the classes that not everyone had to take. It was one of the later period in the day classes. I chose band, hoping that I would go in there and be this rocking rock dude, and they gave me a trumpet, um, and I did my best to uh, excel. I got to second seat trumpet, but I was... I was like a renegade. <laughs> I wanted uh, I wanted to get involved with the drum section uh, as they had a, a set. I couldn't play drums, but I, I love rhythm. And they had a separate like bass drum, like a guy who wears a big bass drum. Sure. Uh, as, Marching as band. Uh, 
Yeah. So I was trying to to hard sell my teacher, Mr. Corn, to take me off trumpet uh, and put me on bass drum. And after a while, he just said I was a lost cause too, uh, and kind of let me just hang out and do what I wanted as long as I wasn't in the way of, of uh, some of the other uh, students who were more serious about their um, their instruments. I sure. do value. I do value that time, and I and I was thinking because I wanted to be a singer at first. I, I, at the time, I was thinking I was going to be this singer in this band. So playing trumpet was like a God's way of like saying you're going to work on your wind. Yeah, so and I phrasing thought, and stuff like that. When did you first start playing with your cousin? It wasn't at school, right? It's like uh, in the garage or bedroom after school. No. Exactly, exactly. It, it's a handful of years later. Um, High school. Uh, well, by the time. By the time my cousin and I start, at the first time we ever play together um, is more like he's in high school. I'm already done with school. Okay. Uh, there, there's a there's a ten year difference between my cousin Paul and myself. Okay, so, that happens. You yeah, know, I want to play it, this song here called "Digital Clockwork Orange." Oh. Okay. Ooh. Let's listen.
Golden 
from California, a young lad exploring dreams, an old hand at the boat, always an excellent bassist, lights blink back and forth, watch amp, stands tall still, his knees seem to be okay, thumping the bass around, tight-knit and well-sounding music. There's the high noon saloon, the tour goes down, the boat stops here, barely time to say hi to old friends, try saying hi at a gig, but I love the man, the project rolls on, and the adjective is real, straight rocking the DYI, keep keeping the dream, going on the road is a fine thing, singing the song of a working man's dream, the spiel is for the common man.
Genesis Era tel des zombies A la recherche du wifi N'a pas compris Qui, mais qui c'est qui Joue de la batterie Pas morphine For Pedro Show, we heard Digital Clockwork Orange, Cinema Cinema. Have our guest and uh, his band with his cousin. What's your cousin's name? My cousin's name is Paul. Yeah, it's cousin Paul there, young man, young Paul. Yes. And then we had uh, many birthdays, brand new from them out of Austin, Kagami. Uh, the Rocketeens with uh, Black Eyes that's got on bass, uh, Kelly Hogan, who was on last week's show when she tried bass. And then. Uh, L-A-N-G-S-A-M, that's an acronym there, for Wild Side Warm-Up, I think out of Hungry? Pretty sure. Either they're fiddling, I always get them mixed up. <laughs> Sorry. Alien Knife Fight with Jerk Off, Ha Ha Tonka Heart, Favor, that's brand new. Grandpa's Ghost, yeah, their new double album out of St. Louis, under, Underground with the Dogs. Uh, there's a great Charlie Mingus autobiography called Beneath the Underdog. Uh, anyway, brand new Guided by Voices, Mr. Bob Pollard's 100th album. He's only got 100 more to go. <laughs> <laughs> High Five Hall of Famers. Uh, Joe Brewer, Jack Brewer's cousin, with the poet out of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, home for many years of uh, Brother Clyde Stubblefield. We lost him. Incredible drummer man. Thinking of your uh, cousin Paul there. Uh, yeah. Tenko with Guitars 1, and finally Seven the Roddicks with Lou Barlow at Jay Vasquez. Back to the story of um, Ev and his musical journey. Now you start, what what got you playing? There's 10 years separation. I know both your pops played in the same band in the 70s. What was it called? Uh, you know what? M my pop and my uncle, I think it was... I think it was a name like Blue Steel. It was some sort of an odd... Okay, uh, Blue Steel. I don't know. They were like... Blue Steel is kind of a way of uh, doing uh, pistols, right? <laughs> Guns. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. They were totally like Grateful Dead, Hot Tuna, Jethro Tull dudes. Oh, okay. I don't know where, I don't know where the Blue Steel thing came from. <laughs> That's all right. Names yeah, are trippy yeah. anyway. <laughs> For example, when do you start calling yourself Cinema Cinema? All right, all right, yeah, let, let's dial back into this. So um, the 10-year difference between my cousin Paul, the drummer, the maniac, the beautiful musician that he is, and myself comes into really good handy. Um, as he's kind of coming up, he's doing his thing. He, he started playing drums at the age of nine. He, uh, he played in his, his – he was the lead uh, of his high school. Um, like I had just kind of stumbled through explaining to you I, how I uh, made a made – a, made a mockery of my attempt at trumpet in uh, my junior high band. Well, he was the lead drummer in his high school band. They went to Japan to perform. He's more schooled. Yeah. Um, Who got and, him on the uh, drums? Was it your uncle? Uh, you know what? Um, 
both my uncle and my father are both uh, both guitarists. Okay. And, you know, I'm so the drums came from somewhere else. Came from somewhere. Okay, else. so you got a cousin who's hot shot. Uh, yeah. Not so good on trumpet, but your pop. Around this time, junior high school, you were. Uh, I'm talking about when you did trumpet. You were also learning guitar from your father, right? Exactly. Exactly. And this and is what you take to your cousin Paul: is the guitar, not the trumpet. Exactly. And when I take it to my cousin Paul, you know what it is? I see my cousin play at a couple of different events, and I see him play with someone else, and I say, "Whoa! If I could get him as my drummer, yeah, I don't think that I need any other musicians." I think that we're going to be able to to speak this this different kind of language together. And and lo and behold, um, kind of a, an opening happened in my life. It was my late twenties. Yeah. I was in the wrong relationship. I was in the wrong um, scenario. I was playing with the wrong people, and I decided, you know what? Also, oh, you were better. trying other bands. Yes, okay. I was trying other bands. I was trying other bands, and I wasn't finding the right fit. And I was approaching the end of my twenties. And, and I we're, said, we're, we're talking about like Brooklyn musicians. We're talking about Brooklyn musicians, yeah. all, all Brooklyn musicians. Yes. I wanted to find some guys or a guy that was willing to go and play music in all 50 states with me. That's what it was. I, I mean, it was it wasn't about being on the cover of some magazine or some kind of 13 year old MTV dream. Or I just wanted to lit, literally something I could hold and touch, you know, something. You wanted a tour. Like, yeah, tour, put out records, just be yeah. a band. I had been playing in bands for years with people who just kind of were halfwaying it. Um, and just doing local gigs? Yeah, you know, local hero, once a month, you get all your friends out. And I'm not taking anything away from anyone who yeah, does Yeah, of course, that. of course. But it wasn't enough. Yeah, it wasn't. This, thing, yeah, this right. thing burning inside of me, Wad. It's burning inside me. So what happens? I, 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 I want to know what the first, what was the first jam like? Well, the, it, uh, the first jam, it was, you know, like I said, the seas parted. I broke away from the wrong relationship and all the wrong bands I was playing with. And Paul was there and I was there. And I said, you know what, let's give this a shot. Let, let's jam and see how it feels. And um, after the first, you know, that as soon as we turned over the engine, boom, there it goes. You know, entirely improv from the second we start, just let's make something up. We got to the end of that short but but uh, powerful passage, um, and Paul and I looked at each other, and we knew this was it. We weren't going to bring anyone else in. We were going to start to build on what we had, which was this just this thick chemistry, this musical telepathy, this kind of uh, you know, you know. I mean, sometimes you come across a musician, and you just both speak that language. It's not always a family member. It just so it just so happens that I was lucky enough that this time it was. And him being 19 and me being 29 at the time, about a decade ago when we started, uh, it was the perfect timing. I was thirsty to go and do this, and he was ready. He was underage. We're traveling the country, sneaking him in to venues. That was the first two years of doing the band. In that first two years, we did about 150 shows. In 2009, we did 100 shows alone. Um, how, really how, kind how long of was it before you uh, came up with the name Cinema Cinema? Well... Uh, the name Cinema Cinema was one that I had stuck in my uh, crazed brain um, since the 90s. I was I was saving it, or at least the idea of naming a band Cinema Cinema was in my mind for a long time. I was kind of saving it for the right scenario. What it was was uh, in 93, back in the 1900s, um, which, you know, I'm, I'll be 39 in August, so I, I, I've been around for a minute. Back in the 1900s, in the 90s, 
um, amidst this all this great art that was kind of being pushed through the mainstream, etc. Uh, as you remember, the, the ball hog and tugboat era, everyone wanted to be on that record with you. You're the man, you know. So in the 90s, it was like it was an interesting time where you can kind of find really good stuff without having to scratch too far, which is kind of interesting. And I, I came across I'm a big film fan and I came across this Belgian um, black comedy a satire called Man Bites Dog which um, actually is the name of our brand new record, which is coming out at the end of April, which I'm sure we'll wind up talking about at some point. That song, Digital Clockwork Orange, you played earlier, is from Man Bites Dog. But I saw this film called Man Bites Dog when I was 15, and my thirsty little brain was wrapping itself around all these different kind of like themes and ideas. And in the middle of that film, um, the, the main character, the protagonist, whatever you might want to call it, um, he is a serial killer. And he is being followed by a um, a documentary. Uh, it's like a it's like a Spinal Tap following a serial killer. It's like a you know it's it's comical. It's insane. It's off the charts. And all I know is that about three quarters of the way through the film, uh, the main character is celebrating this big score. He had just killed someone and took a bunch of money from them. That's what he does. He's a serial killer. And uh, ultimately, um, he brings the camera crew out for drinks and he gets out of control and he's in his neighborhood pub where they've they've shown him before and, and the neighborhood pub people who are his friend kick him out so you know like a doorway is opening for the final act of the film because suddenly think tables are turning and as the main character benoit is kicked out uh he goes into this drunken improvised rant slash song um that i could only describe as cinema cinema he starts chanting cinema cinema from down okay. to tell it's all in french um, and he and the mock documentary crew, they start to gather in with him and they're all chanting cinema, cinema. And I said to myself then in 1993 or whatever it was like, that would be a cool name for a band. No one would ever figure out that it was from this awesome movie. And it stuck with me. And then I never used it. And then when I saw Paul play drums and we got together and we were going to do all this. Yeah. Uh, it was time. It was time to, to pull that out of the bag. So that's when cinema, cinema becomes a band when Paul and I get together. Do you remember the first gig? Yes, February twenty second, two thousand eight. Where we've done uh, we've done over four hundred and fifty since. So then. where was that first gig there? Ev? That first gig was at a in New York, New York, Manhattan, in the Lower East Side, at a venue called the Delancey. Oh yeah. Uh, it was it was a first gig. You know, I mean, we 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 were figuring things out as we went. You know, I think was that it scary? night felt. Uh, you know what? There's a confidence there that, that Paul and I have. No, I'm not saying it negative because being a little bit scared, Steve Hodges once told me he's like being a little bit excited. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Then Steve Hodges has it kind of right. Yeah. Going out he's on playing that. playing with Mavis like, Staples these days. Really? I wouldn't shit you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking what? Oh, man. Yeah, man. There so was, so there, that first gig, it, it got the shit lit. Yeah, it got the shit lit. There was there was something there, there was, you know, the, it got the shit lit to, to put it in, in, in that uh, in that simple, simple terminology. Um, without a doubt, we knew we had to do it. And uh, within a few months, we were cutting our first record. Um, that where did came you record at? The end of 08, and then 2009. Uh, where did you, where did you uh, record at? Uh, well, the very first one back in 2008 was done um, at a studio that is now defunct. 
unfortunately. Uh, but it was one of the first studios that I'd ever gone to with my first band back in the 90s. Um, it's a studio called Electric Plant Studios run by a and What was a very, the name of, I'm curious, what's the name of your first band? Because you didn't mention. Uh, first band, oh wow. First band I was in was called Rise. Rise. Like the, yeah, like the P.I.L. Okay, song. Well, we're going to stop right there. Yeah, there's a pill <laughs> song, right. We're at the end of the first hour, April 11, 2017 edition. Watt for Pedro Show special guest, Ev. Cinema, cinema, hold tight for hour two. April 11th, 2017. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
soft fascism. I'm watching Colonel Gaddafi tonight. Why is it he reminds me of Keith Richards? I wish he wasn't a killer and should have sat in his tent in the right spot that time. He was an outcast at the UN. I know the feeling of the poetry reading, but they don't walk out because we are correct. Fat, happy, and correct. So we won't revolt. Only stare out the window of the latte shop. Numbed in Woodstock Beatle music in the air. They want guns in Texas. Maybe it will start there. But we haven't been robbed enough. Not yet. Every product we touch lines the pocket of the Aryan Brotherhood. They own us. Soft fascism works so much better with stupid tribes in the boonies who raise the tattered flag on their pickup trucks and pretend they are warriors like in Afghanistan, proud of their guns like in the Pakistan, make stupid Americans pay for all the arms. We won't rebel in Wisconsin. Soft fascism, fascism, soft fascism is the better way. We can bust the unions and have our say about what women do with their bodies. The Aryan Brotherhood fires union guards and put in the ones they like. Private contractors blowing vodka out their asses in Afghanistan, murdering people in the name of war, mercenary army. It's all about them getting elected anyway. Very easy with propaganda and soft fascism. Almost democratic on the face of it. Always works with a weak leader and money spread around in the right places. An ignorant country anyway, numbed by Prussian education from cradle to the grave. While the geriatrics listen to the Beatles, those boys in chemical and oil saw how easy it is long ago when they said Ike 
Osakami and laid low while everything we touch enriches them. Not so with the Arab states. They are educated and starved, not bought off with carry-out fat, soft fascism, and soft ice cream. Oh, American.
gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Eat some more. I eat some more. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Ask for.
Watch for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour with Taxi Driver from Cinema Cinema, which, uh, yeah, kind of New Yorky, Mr. Scorsese, uh, Bobby De Niro. <laughs> Charlie oh, yeah. Plymel after that with Soft Fascism. He's living up in the Cherry Valley, upstate New York. Uh, the Swifter with Steel Murmuration. That's Fratello uh, Andrea Belfi from the Sonia de Mayanayo. Plaza Industry after that, a visceral offense to the human sense. Dave Gerard out of Massachusetts with uh, Shadows Chasing. Phoenix Brown, Gimme. And finally, Clay Chaplin from here in, uh, I think, uh, Huntington Park. No, Highland Park, I'm sorry. Different. Juno Hack. And back here with Ev and his uh, journey in music. So, uh, that first record you did, what was it? An album, a single? Demo? Yeah, you know, you know, we went in with the intention of um, of cutting just a small handful of songs. We had about four or five songs, but it uh, it grew into an album. We kind of had like a, a bit of a magical uh, session. Um, some of the uh, ideas that weren't quite fleshed out became more full formed once we actually got uh, in the studio with the mics on, and sure. we kind of started to recognize then that improv and um and making musical decisions in the moment uh was a strong suit of ours or at least is so that we felt so um that first record exile baby uh which is probably kind of hard to find for 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 most people but um rare is uh has worm's teeth but that first record exile baby um that was back in 2008 we cut it at electric plants it was kind of written in the studio as you went along you came in with some songs but then did some more Exactly. Did you follow exactly. it up with a tour? Uh, we followed that up. Yeah, we followed that up with a tour. We decided because, I mean, at you know, at that early point, it's just my cousin and I. As, as you know, at, even at, to this point, ten years later, we do have a you know a bunch of allies in place that have uh, you know become a part of our story and our our team or our musical family. But at that very beginning, it was just my cousin and I staring at each other. He had just got a a, a new used car. He had just gotten a four-door Mazda Millennia, so it's not exactly your typical get-in-the-van um, scenario, but uh, that was what we used. We, we packed up being a duo, uh, using that whole Econo thing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we jammed his Mazda Millennia. With, How many gigs? Uh, we wound up doing, in 2009, we did 100 shows alone. Um, we had done was it, about... You did 100 gigs in that tour? Uh, yeah, that, that, that tour, the record came out in November of 08. And um, in 09, we did 100 shows behind it. Wow. So yeah, that, you're, yeah. you're talking 100 gigs is like three months straight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, we did a big tour. We did, we, we did 100 shows over the course of the full year. Ah, so it was several. Yes, several. several the, okay. the runs between January and December amounted to 100 shows. Okay. So, and that was all... Do you remember um, the first run? Was that oh, your first time playing out of Brooklyn? Yes, I remember it really fondly. Yeah, I do. I remember it exactly. Um, it had to do with Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, it had to do with uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, Midwest. We, uh, how, how far west did you go? Uh, well, well the, the first, that first run was us doing i mean it's in terms of west i mean well by this point now we've done all over no i'm that talking first, about that first run that first run the furthest uh 
I mean, that first run was mostly Eastern Seaboard. Okay. Um, I would say that, you know, um, everywhere from the tip of Maine down to the edge of Georgia. Yeah, because and, Cincinnati but, and Louisville. So Cincinnati and Louisville is where we start. That was the furthest. Yeah, that's, a, that's not so much center. on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a well, little closer like, to the East than Pedro, of course. Yeah, well, just like, you know, Pittsburgh was on that, and that's East Coast, but it's not really East. It's kind of towards the middle, as Pittsburgh is, uh, is kind of I would call Philadelphia. I would call Philadelphia East Coast. With Yeah, Philadelphia is undoubtedly East Coast. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia is only, a, you know, less than two-hour drive from where I'm sitting right now. I mean, that's that's nothing. It's but about it, 100 miles from New York, but it's got a port, you know. My pop spent some time as a sailor there. Really? Yeah, it's a port. It's got a mothball fleet, in fact. Anyway, really? <laughs> we're going to do a song here by uh, Cinema Cinema called Exotic Blood.
Well, after Pedro's show, we heard Exotic Blood from Cinema Cinema. And like I've said, there's some sax there. Who's the guest? The guest is Matt Dario. Thanks, Matt Dario, for blowing like that. Uh, Nervous Gender followed Bathroom Sluts. Um, good people, it's nice to know that Dav has knowledge of such a righteous band because uh, they were kind of into the underground. And oh, We were talking a little bit about how the movement was that way in those days. It was very unpredictable. You didn't know what bands were like until you saw it or heard it or felt it. And then we had Danny Barnes with Everything's for Sale, Brendan Etter Ensemble, Vamp, and finally the Blood Quartet with Only Lovers. That's got a guy from the No New Wave New York album Brian Eno did. Uh, yeah, this cat, John from uh, Mars. He's living in Barcelona and playing with the uh, Catalan cats. So, um, getting back to Cinema Cinema, uh, what I've been playing is off your uh, latest record. Yes. Okay. Tell us something about that. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, we're, we're we're excited. Uh, we're excited. This latest record is um, this is our fourth. It's it's named play. after this film, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. This is this is named after the film. That, that, that inspired the title. So you've almost gone full circle, Ev. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. We were kind of starting to feel like um, it was feeling comfortable enough in the studio and with our approach with this material and with where we are um, as a as a band, as a duo, as a, as as a, as a unit. It felt like it was time to come full circle. Um, you know, this is the tenth year that we've been doing the band together. Uh, you know, working on almost 500 shows, you know, we'll, we'll be after this European tour to be, I think, 10 countries we've done aside from America, 40 of the 50 states here in America we've done. It, it was time to to uh, you played Alaska. You know what? <laughs> what? Come on. No, I heard 50 states. I said I said 40 of the 50. Watt. Oh, I said 40 I of the 50. I don't know if I heard that. Watt. I don't yeah, know if I heard that, but we could always listen back. Well, if we have to go to the videotape, um, I, I, we have. I, I will. I will. Anyway, lay it out there. Anyway, I've not done Alaska. I've yeah. looked into Alaska. It seems like to. I've played there, Alaska. but I've not played like the mainland. I played where the islands are. It's a town called Ketchikan. Okay. It's, okay. Uh, the one. The, the hard thing about Alaska is it's a far drive, man. <laughs> it's well, like no time with Canada, but you'll get to it. Oh. Oh, we will. We we, we have to. It's you part of the it. And also, you probably ain't done Hawaii. Neither of those. Yeah. Alaska and Hawaii. Until they build a freeway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, okay. we need to work on that. Well, we should just work on a, a Watt Cinema kind of thing where we specifically just do Alaska and Hawaii. And then we'll oh, that's right. Up. You fly there. That's how I did it. Three gotcha. times Hawaii, one time Alaska. So, uh, yeah. look, it's the end of the second hour. April 11, 2017 edition of Peter Show. Special guest Ev from Cinema Cinema. Hold tight for hour three. April 11, 2017. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
I don't like to second guess myself. Yes, it's true, I must impress myself. Holding my heart to my ear, listening and unable to hear. And I judge myself, begrudge myself, not try to slow down. Cause I wanna feel my feet on the ground. Can't find the right questions Searching through my past lessons The past isn't everything No one knows what the next chapter brings More tests to take Mistakes to make Now try to slow down Cause I wanna feel my feet on the ground Indecisions taking over me Wonder, worry, forgetting to breathe Commit to choose, choose to commit Waiting for answers and want to forget But I'm responsible I'm accountable And I'll try to slow down Cause I wanna feel my feet on the ground
lot from Pedro Show. Started off the third hour with Cinema Cinema doing Mask of the Red Death. You, are you an Edgar Allan Poe? Oh, yeah. Oh, Fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He lived believe a little while not, in New York City. Yeah, believe it or not, that last song is what we generally start our shows with. It's so, the opener. Uh, for any of the listeners out here, out there who, who kind of like uh, just drank that down and it's it got the stuck ice in their break. throat. Um, well, let's, let's talk about the process of this new record, Man sure. Bites Dog. Did, did you come in with uh, tunes or did you do it in the studio? You know what? Uh, the approach with this one, uh, just, just, just to give you, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but generally when I'm asked a question, sometimes I back up 50 feet and start running at it and give you details towards it. So let me just back up a second. We had made the record before this one with producer Martin B.C. We happened to also have made... Oh, I met Martin before. He oh, recorded cool. me with Sonic Youth, yeah, on a record called uh, Evil. Exactly, yeah, Martin, Martin, that's one, that's just one, I mean, such an important album, but that's just one of a multitude of uh, insanely important and brilliant works that Martin's been a part of. Yeah, and nice being that you met him, so then you already know... Martin is a whole force. He's so, whole so you made person. an album with Martin. Yeah. And so how did that? How did that bear on Man Bites Dog? Well, the man, the the album we made before Man Bites Dog uh, was called The Night of the Fights, and we made it with Martin, and we felt really, really good about that album. So good, in fact, that we thought we shouldn't return to work with Martin again. We we might have done as good as we can with him, and we'd like to continue to grow. So. I sat down with Martin and, you know, and Martin said, well, you know what, why don't you, you know, why don't we take the relationship that started with the last record, take that into account that maybe with this next one, we can have an even more of a collaborative approach. Um, why don't you guys consider instead of coming into the studio entirely prepared, maybe come in about 85% prepared. And that was really interesting to hear that as Martin's advice. And that we went from not knowing if we wanted to work with him again to we had to work with him again. Um, and not that we didn't want to work with him again. We just we, we, we had the fear of maybe repeating the same types of sounds. And Martin came to us with the idea of why don't we have this be a bit more collaborative? We've gotten to know each other. Um, so instead of, you know, doing all the homework, we did just most of the homework, and we relied on our instincts a lot. And we also opened up to the idea of maybe bringing in a guest, hence Matt Dario, the, the horn player who was on that song Exotic Blood and on Digital Clockwork Orange, which you played earlier. So I'm um, going to play right now this blowout called Shiner Number 5. Oh, that's the record closer, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one's that's nuts. the blowout, and it's an extended piece, so it was probably made in the moment, it sounds like. Exactly, exactly. In the moment, for sure. All of it. Okay, let's uh, listen.
A tiny little hole to buy and sell your soul. The turning all the groovy ladies in the funky dudes into a pack of killer robots wired for the rules. Pedro Show, uh, last music for this edition, Cinema Cinema doing Shiner number five. Then we had Nels Klein doing Glad to Be Unhappy from his new Lovers double album. He was just in town to do a gig, but I had to play in Orange County and missed it. And the next day I think he was up in the city, in San Francisco. I mean, with strings and everything, it was full-blown, fully-blown Nels Klein. Then, uh, uh, Hello Anger by Erotic Biljan and his Heretics. It's out of Croatia. Maximilian I, Devanavil Kalas. Maximilian I, out of Italy. Mini B Spring, since we are in spring now. And that's uh, Peter from Volcano Sun, Mission of Burma. Living in Providence now. Layman with Love and Fear, that's the SoCal, I know that. And I can't remember where Open Kimono's from, but they finished off a steak off. 
You know, I forgot the songs. We started the third hour off because we got into that mask of Red Death. There was Labor Camp with Swampy, Scott H. Barham with Hit the River, brand new, Flying Hair, brand new, Patchy Lines, On Dolphin, Slow Down, and finally Pale Angels with um, Secretly Insane, which uh, both you and me, Ev, are not secretly insane. We are obviously insane. <laughs> Very over. Exactly. Very over. So, uh, yeah, so you liked round two with Martin B.C. Oh, yeah. Yeah, loved round two with Martin B.C. Martin plays a very important now, part. Now, as a studio, now, when I was in this studio, uh, th- there wasn't a separate control room. You, He had the board where you played. Oh, that was still the setup then when you it was guys in did 1980, that? It was in 1986, uh, early 86. Oh, holy mackerel, holy mackerel. He He's told us stories of when the setup was that... Um, it was all one area. It was so one came, area. It was. I've never been in a studio like that before. That's a trip. And actually, that's it was very heavy for me because I had stopped playing bass when D. Boone got killed, and that's the first time I'm playing again. Kim, let me use your bass, and it's something for. And Lee was reading a poem. Then Thurston read one of my poems. I basically was playing with Steve Shelley, the drummer man, and then they added stuff. That's and then uh, some cover of uh, Kim Fowley's song, Bubblegum, that ended up on him. See, it's those kind of musical moments with such weight and substance, like you're saying that you hadn't played since Deep Boone died. And that well, was... I didn't think people wanted to hear me without him, you know. It was Thirst that got yeah. me into playing again. It was very important. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you've had a lot of experiences in your life. If What about... Somebody younger getting into this racket asked you for advice. What would you what would you tell them with all you've learned with you and your with all Paul? I've learned? Yeah, with all I've learned, with all I've learned with with Paul along the way, um, what I could say is don't get in it for any results. Um, don't point your art uh, at a specific target that only you can see. Um, find the joy. And do it for that. And if after a while it's, you know, other trappings kind of beat away at the joy, then maybe it's not what you're supposed to do. Because if you feel it inside you and it's got to get out of you, then you know that it's your calling and it's a must. And if it's anything else other than that, then you'll probably find the trappings beat you down and make you feel dejected and and, and pretty lost. You know, the the worst thing is to have expectations because that puts a ceiling. On, on any of the uh, of the scenarios that you wind up coming across. So just don't stay attached to any kind of ideas or ideology you formed when you first picked up the guitar. Remember that the world outside continues to evolve. You should as well. And um, try to make art that makes you happy. I mean, the reason why Paul and I are still doing the band going on 10 years and hundreds of shows and debating with you about whether we really did play Alaska or whether that's a legend or a tale, a tall tale. With all that, I mean, we, we continue to come back to the band because it's a source of joy and therapy. That's what it is. It's still my favorite part of the band is band practice. I mean, it's just this beautiful, beautiful sacred ground. So don't get caught up in results. Stay in the equation. Everything's going to happen around you if you continue to you mean the calculation uh, um, yeah in, yeah exactly exactly you know i mean that's what 
when I, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm grateful to have gotten a chance to, to, to play as much as I've played and to play with my cousin and to play with a number of individuals and to make music like with a Martin DC or having a guest like Matt Darry or getting a chance to talk to you today, Watt. I mean, this is all stuff that's really of deep value to me on my journey. Um, and, and no one can kind of take away those moments that I know are mine. Maybe they don't match up to these elephantine, grandiose uh, dreams of a child. But like I said, when I first was buying my first records or CDs, you know, like, like the world has evolved since then, and, and I've evolved as well, too. So now I just find that the music, is it's a therapy. It's a, it's a source of joy. Um, well, you know, Ev, it sounds like yeah. you're speaking from the heart, so I thank you so much. I really want to thank you for being on the show. Oh, I wish you, pleasure. I wish you really, you and Paul, cousin Paul, much luck as you continue your journey through music. It's been the uh, April eleventh, two thousand seventeen edition of the Watt from Pedro Show. Everybody, keep your powder dry. <laughs>